This episode is brought to you by Pixel 2 Editions, a full-service fine art printing company. More about them later. Hello and welcome to In The Art Scene Podcast, an art podcast that has it all. I'm your host, Galina Marquez, and I invite fascinating people to talk about their personal creative journeys, success stories, and inspiration. We talk about art business and marketing, how to find your creative voice, and all the new trends in the art world, like NFT, AI, and such. Join me and my guest for today's conversation. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to In the Art Scene podcast. Today, I am having Caroline Carp on my podcast. You might remember her because we have done a collab episode and it was, I don't even know, like we, we were, we were going to do it like a full collab and then we kind of, uh, um, you introduced me like it was on your podcast, but then we ended up uh, um, interviewing each other. It, it was fun conversation. It was really fun. And I think it was at least a year ago. So a lot has changed. Uh, uh, Caroline has been doing a lot of art, a lot of traveling, uh, which is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I don't know if it's a big secret, but we might touch on some interesting projects in the International Art Collective, uh, which she is a part of. Uh, so welcome back, Caroline. Um, well, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Um, right now I'm in my DC studio. So, uh, the different studios that I'm in, the flavor of the artwork changes a little bit. I, I, I gotta, I gotta ask you right, right off the bat. How many studios do you have? <laughs> so, you know, I really, two studios that I am at quite often. So one is in uh, the Tampa Bay area um, where I'm focusing on my intuitive work, my coastal art, uh, my, that's my home base. And then when I come up to BC, I'm focused on my iconic buildings in book writing. And um, uh, then I have I guess I can say that my studio can be anywhere because then I have my love of plein air when I'm outside around people and out in nature. I also have a studio in Kauai, in Hawaii, which um, I don't get to, as you can, you probably know why, as often as I would like to. But when I show up, all my stuff is there. You know, I have canvases, easel, uh, paints and I can just show up and, and and I'm there. So I think that I don't know if all artists are like this. I, I'm sure there are some artists that are like this, but I can end up anywhere, figure out how to gather my materials and then just paint. Well, um a lot of the artists are resourceful, but honestly listening to you right now it sounds like oh come on shut up you're so privileged you have a studio in Kauai. um yeah well, i mean i would i would i would give a lot to have a studio in Kauai. but um uh, you have been traveling so those three places around the states i i have seen a, a lot of your uh videos on social media um, of you painting live um and apparently you've been to other places too so and that that became kind of like a whole process of you being on the go so it's not like it's not necessarily i mean it is a plein air mm -hmm. but it also 
to me, feels like a very intentional, almost like a performance, especially when you're in DC in the middle of the street painting some iconic building. I, I'm really, really curious to know more about that. Um, what started it all was my youngest son uh, went to Georgetown University. Mm-hmm. And when I showed up in Georgetown, I had never been, and I was just fell in love. This is one behind me. It's just there's some kind of um, the 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 buildings in my mind tell a story. You and know so, what? Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. Uh, I remember my first time in Georgetown, and I had this weird feeling. It's like London and San Francisco made yeah. love and had a baby. Yeah, in yeah. France, you know, somewhere yeah, I- in France. <laughs> And so I, um, I remember being on a walk with him and I was just touched by these women just walking their dogs. And then I ran into them again and they were, the dogs were just like laying on, they have beautiful, um, brick sidewalks and the dogs were lying on the, the brick pavers where their moms were inside grabbing a cup of coffee and the dogs are just like there. Beautiful. Wow beautiful picture window. And then they came out and they had their coffee and I captured that image. And from there, uh, I, of course, you know, with my social media, you know, I, I documented it all, started posting it with the hashtag Hoya Saxa, which is very Georgetown University and a, a Georgetown University professor, Tony Arend, started following me and my journey. And I, I just kept painting scenes there. And so my first, I would say, studios in DC was when I would come and I would rent an Airbnb, mm-hmm. right? And then the Airbnb would become my studio for the week, right? And so when I say I have studios, it's not like I'm um, buying, you know, have this great big wealth where I'm buying a building and setting up a gallery, although it it always becomes a gallery around me where I am. But I my my boys still live in DC. Their place happens to be gigantic with big wall space. I have all my materials here. I even have collectors come here. Um, in Kauai, my cousin lives there with another tremendously big large house. You know, of course she wants my artwork everywhere and I can have collectors there. So it's more, um, I mean, maybe eventually. I'll have the great wealth and I can, you know, buy, buy a brick and mortar building. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know so, what you're talking about. <laughs> so, um, so going back to the buildings in DC, um, I they always tell a story. For example, the painting that has been sold called um Shea Billy, say Shea Billy Sued, is a restaurant in DC. And it was, we went there for my son's graduation. Um, When we got there, when we walked in, we noticed that there was nobody on the inside. And we thought, hmm, I wonder if we can still eat. And there were men there and they kind of, you know, they checked us out, make sure we're okay. And so we went out and we had our, our dinner. Um, And it was such a beautiful scene once again, with those brick sidewalks and, Beautiful protection from the sun, just everything and and the people in the image. Uh, So I captured that. But what made it so interesting was as we walked back through the restaurant, I realized why it was empty. And those were Secret Service men. Uh And tucked away in a corner talking with her friends 
was Michelle Obama. <gasps> you and kidding? So, and you captured it. And I captured it. So I and, captured they, and they didn't take away your camera. I captured it in my mind. So oh, okay, he was not sitting with us. But if you look at the painting, she's in. She's at the very next table with her dog Bo Obama. Wow. Dog Bo, right. And so it it's a story of connection and. Um, it just started playing a role in my art. The one behind me is called Special Delivery on M Street. M Street, if you've been to Georgetown, is like they're they're really nice. Um, you know, if it's not closed to it's not closed for pedestrians, but it, it's shopping. You know, where you want to shop in Georgetown. This is on the corner. It's a famous building right now. It's the PNC Bank. But the story that I'm telling is inside this van really zoom in it, it says um ck art luxury right well i'm ck so i'm like this is the special delivery to the gallery that i want to be in to be in on um, m street and all my artwork is inside this right and so i capture these things live sometime and yes it is what i'm looking at but then the story takes over so in this painting, of course, that wasn't there. Um, the colors become almost fantastic. It's not a true, true representation of what I'm looking at, but I might see it, right? And um, it's got most of my art from this series has got um, the starry, the twilight. Yeah, it sounds, it, 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 yeah, it looks very, um, I, I noticed that, it looks very interesting. So the street almost looks like it's a daytime, but when right. you look at the sky, the sky is quite dark and there's stars in there. So it's it's a very interesting combination. It's kind of a play on lighting, uh, which I, I haven't seen before. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I was meeting just like this. I had a meeting with a, a book agent yesterday because I'm writing a children's book and we'll, we'll talk about that too <laughs> it, it featured um it featured the the book i'm working on now that i'm going to be putting queries out for uh features my hawaii coastal art but she's quite fascinated with the iconic buildings and so she kind of turned me into the direction of uh like a, a storyboard or a story of a journey through a city so um that could be my next one that sounds I mean, she really was cool. really fascinated by the childlike um, perspective because, you know, the people are little with these big, massive buildings. And uh, she quite liked that. That's, um, that's really cool. That sounds really cool. The uh, the book of walking through Georgetown. I, I would buy that. I mean, with, with your illustrations, for sure. That sounds yeah. really awesome. Uh, yeah, and I really love those little stories, the narratives that you are putting into your paintings. So it's kind of you're you're enriching the environment, which you know, on on um, uh, any given day for anyone who is just you know a, a, a commoner or a passerby in in Georgetown will be like, oh, that's a street, okay. <laughs> right. Now all of a sudden right. it's like, wow, it's a street. And it's, mm -hmm. that means something, that building means something. And there's not just, you know, random people out there, random cars. And yeah, it's it's really fascinating. And the, uh, every year I do, it's called Art All Night in Georgetown, uh -huh. um, where I do my performance art. 
So I do my performance art everywhere, but I think Georgetown is really a special one to me because um, there's so many people that attend. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm literally on the side of the street. They don't stop traffic on uh, Wisconsin. So there's traffic whizzing by. I start off at about five o'clock in the afternoon and boom, I paint, you know, I paint an entire scene. And with the same kind of interesting lighting, because what happens is, is I'm getting to watch, it's in October. So the sun is setting about, it's before seven, you know, that twilight time, which is why I always end up catching, capturing that. And then the artificial like street lamps mm -hmm, come on mm -hmm. and I'm still painting because I'm enjoying the vibe of just literally, I don't know, thousands of people walking by. And it, it, people often ask me, does that bother me? And it really doesn't. It, uh, I will stop and I'll talk to people. Uh, sometimes they become part of the scene or I'll add them later. Um, but it's, it's really quite a nice event. I meet a lot of people that way. So how, how much time does it take you to finish one painting during this performance? Um, I, I like to show up kind of in my mind what's going to happen when it's these kind of paintings. Um, and sometimes I finish them entirely. And then sometimes I get them to a certain point. And, and that amount of time is probably three to four hours. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, like, I'm looking at one right here. You remember, I leave town. So I'll leave and then I'll come back and I'll be like, the one I'm looking at right here, which is the most recent one I did, I'm going to be actually adding myself painting ah. from behind like that so night. You will be you will be in the scene painting yeah the and scene. I've done I don't know I've probably done I don't know five or six paintings like that where I'll end up adding myself somewhere in it. Um it just like needs something, you know? And so sometimes I'll take the painting to a certain point and then add that extra element. Also if if there's somebody who wants to collect it and they want their dog. Or a member, I can always add that in, which is sometimes a fun, and it adds it adds a story to it also. Mm -hmm. So, so how how many years you have you been doing this? Well, I've been, well, I've been painting since I was two. Um, I can tell you that my very first sort of live painting was when I was in college, uh -huh. and it's actually the pivotal point from when I figured out it was okay. To, to switch from oil painting to acrylic. And a professor was like, we're going to the coast. We're going to paint boats, right? And it's going to be really fast. And I had a giant canvas just like I do now. And I set up on an easel and I was fast. Like I did it, I did the assignment. And I was fast. And it was, it was, I think that was the pivotal point to know that I could actually paint anything and, and just show up and do it. Right. And so I've been doing it a long time as the boys were growing up. I have two boys. They're now 23 and 25. They were my Sherpas. Like they would carry my canvas or my backpack of paints. And we traveled quite a bit. And I just started, we would go to North Carolina. We would go walk into the mountains. And so I guess I've always been doing it. My audience varies. Sometimes it's just me and the canvas and just maybe somebody wanders by thousands of people sometimes people hire me to be part of their event you know oh, it's a specific thing that we're doing sometimes it might be a wedding it's just 
I think I can show up and I just paint. I don't know how to, yeah. To me, it, it, it sounds very interesting because in my mind, plein air is, you know, it's kind of a, um, a solitary event in some sort of uh, scenic remote location when you know that no one is going to bother you. You have your easel, you have your box of paints, etc. Um, a lot of artists are doing it in oil because uh, when you are outside, well, at least for me, that's a problem because in San Diego or somewhere in Arizona, you can't really work with acrylics outside yeah. because the air is so dry. You have to have a, a ton of uh, uh, the uh, retarder medium or, or something like that. Uh, but for you and, and uh, artists that I have known who are painting um uh, cityscapes they would usually work from the reference so they would take a picture and work from the reference uh for you you made it like it's it's a, a very interesting combination you were going there live that's my plein air and that's what i'm gonna do but then at the same time you're ready and welcoming the audience the people who are uh just walking by and are curious about what's going on so um and i see how it might be um like feeding your soul it's creative when you see when you have people um around you um interested and kind of you know encouraging uh but you like what i'm trying to say i think you are more extroverted than than most of the artists that i know because <laughs> this is why it's uh it's not it's not a dissonance in my mind i mean this is this is really cool but i know for myself i would probably never do this because i would be just a terrified because there's a bunch of people judging what i'm doing <laughs> on my canvas and then uh, i would be constantly you know distracted by the the conversations that they would be striking and i'm i'm okay having a conversation but i'm freaking want to get my painting done you know, you know, it's funny because um, people who know me would never say I was an extrovert, like ever. I enjoy the performance aspect of it. In uh -huh. fact, I find myself, even when I'm painting alone in my studio, I'm always, I don't want to miss anything. I'm recording it. I enjoy, it's freaky. I enjoy the camera. I enjoy, uh, I enjoy the performance of it. I think you hit the nail on the head. I really love the, the end product. Like, um, and there's something about the in-between stages of art that can be quite trying, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I forgot to mention this part. For years, maybe about 10 years, more in my 40s, I was a, um, a street painter. And so oh. I went around doing the festivals where you're actually chalking. And instead of doing, uh, I, my pieces were not like anybody else's. Like they were, most people are copying the masters. Uh -huh. Or what I was doing was just taking my art and doing it with chalk on the pavement. And what uh -huh. I started noticing was how fast I would go. So say it was, God, they were giant, like, 12 by 12, just giant sidewalk areas, I would go into some kind of zone where, and, and the way I chalk, you know, is with special pastels, but I rub every 
inch of that sidewalk to get it really into the grooves. Um, but I could do it in a day or two. Like it was crazy. But then it would wash away. It would get rained on. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I think that 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 led to my ability to just be outside in the elements. I mean, people were like, well, what if it rains? Well, hello. When you well, use that's, that's a part paint, of a, yeah, it's a part of you're a spraying water on it to keep it like nothing's going to happen. I mean, I have had canvases uh, fly through the air and then like split in half. Are you kidding? Really? I've probably had 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 that. I've had that happen quite a quite a bit. And so wow. I carry around. I have it right here. Like uh, this is like special medical tape mm-hmm. and actually gauze. And I can repair artwork. I've learned through the years how to be on the fly. I'm like, do you have a first aid kit? I My last event, I'm like, do you have a first aid kit? And they did. So I took out the medical tape and the gauze and, you know, you do it from behind and then uh-huh. you just, you can't even tell. Huh. Like, can you tell there's a hole in the middle of that painting? No, I can't. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all part of the story. You know, it's all part of the story. And I, I, I wonder how many artists in the world could tell the same story. It would be interesting podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So um, Georgetown is one of your big projects and you have done multiple paintings over the years. Then uh, you were also doing this in Hawaii and Kauai, right? The island of Kauai. Yes. Uh, so that's a totally different uh, environment. Uh, and your paintings are very different. So, and as you mentioned, that also has become a project. And from the series of paintings, now you are making it into a children's book. Yeah. Okay. So now we're ready to hear about that project. Okay. Well, uh, originally my thought was that I would write a series of five in that uh, there was five fairies. Okay. And so each, each fairy has their own book. It's, um, it. So what I was doing, I was in North Carolina, walking along a pathway that I was walking every day when I was there. Um, and I started noticing that the acorns there are gigantic, like mm-hmm. giant acorns, never seen that before. So I started collecting them. And all of a sudden, in my fantastical mind, they started turning into the heads of fairies. And I did not have all of my normal art supplies with me but the friend i'm staying with has like this new house and she's an artist so i knew that i could just open the cabinet and i would find any art supply that i could ever dream of so i didn't bring my stuff so on my walks uh one day i just sat down on the ground and i started sketching in the dirt you know i I put the fairy head down and i started sketching the fairies which are loosely modeled after uh, four of my girlfriends and i and the story started happening in my head. So first I took some long strips. I don't have any here uh, of watercolor paper and painted the fairies themselves, Mm -hmm. five of them. Then the story uh, I started, I researched because I've never written a children's book. Although, you know, I'm an early, I'm a teacher. Yeah. I I remember that. And I was going to ask you with all the travels, are you still doing this or not? But I don't want to enter. You are. So um, I have read literally, if you could think about, I've been teaching since my 20s. So I've read a lot of children's books and I've, I've had many children's books in my mind. I could, you know, so this one I'm following through on. 
And it's about five fairy sisters that are from the Island of Delight, Uh which is Kauai, right? And so it was very easy to take my paintings and make them the illustration. And, and, And not like, sometimes it's a full painting, but then sometimes it's just like a beautiful section of a painting becomes a page. And the storylines are, they very closely align with interactions that I'm noticing with children in my class since the pandemic, because the world is different, as we all know. And children, these are the babies that they're four and five years old. If you think about it, if they're four and five years old, oh, what were they doing in 2020? They were babies. Yeah. And so they were raised, you know, their early childhood experiences were all kind of different than ours. They were behind a mask or their families were behind a mask. They only saw mom and dad. They didn't have to share with anybody. They didn't have like. And so I started noticing that the lessons that I'm doing with my class are all sort of based on how do we interact with each other? You know, how can you join a group? How can you share? How can you be kind? How can you find delight? What can you do? So the very first book is about finding joy and delight when you're not feeling that great, right? How do you do that? Well, we move our bodies out in nature. So you see how I was able to pull in Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. nature facts. So uh, the next place that we go, we're all summoned by the big old full moon, by the way, we show up on our winged animals, right? To wherever, whichever island, the next one will be, I think, Maui. Uh-huh. Just cross your fingers. I'm going to tell you something else that might may or may not happen. I applied to a a, a, a month long residency in Maui. Oh gosh! For this God. summer, like that would be awesome, right? And yeah, if I if I get that residency, it's going to be threefold. It's going to be um, I'm going to pull in my uh, my intuitive work with my plein air work. And then it'll, those will be the paintings for the next children's book. That sounds awesome. I know I sound like I'm crazy, but no, it's another way to paint plein air in uh, an environment that I've never been in because it's very volcanic. Uh huh. Um, So, yeah. Well, do you know what the storyline is going to be about or is it going to come to you later? Okay. Yes. So I I kind of already have the storylines. The next one is, I believe, going to be the kingdom of kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. And that came out of lessons in my class of the number one rule. The number one rule in my class is to be kind. And how can you be kind? And so the fairies are talking about being kind and how they show kindness to others and actually to themselves. Uh, Another storyline is in a bamboo forest. So you see they're kind of like childhood um, problems or situations that the fairies are working through. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting and very valuable uh, series of children's books that I am sure every teacher will love to have in their class. Yeah. Because yeah. I do that. I go to bookstores and I'm like, oh. And you know what? If you go into a children's bookstore now, you're going to find some books that are so different than books four years ago. It's and it depends on where you are geographically. Uh, last night I was in a bookstore in D.C. Petworth. Petworth is this little area, and 
there were books there that I've never seen. I bought a few. Like, I'm not going to find that where I live. I'm just not. You know, I'm in Florida. Yeah. Hey, In the Arts and listeners, do you remember Mark O'Donnell from Pixel 2 Editions? He's been on the show in Season 3, Episode 7, and told us everything we need to know about Gicle printing. And take my word for it, Mark and his team are the best in Southern California and beyond. I've been a client of Pixel 2 Editions since 2019, and I've been shouting about them from the rooftops ever since. Luckily, I don't have to do it anymore because I have a podcast. Despite being San Diego local, Mark and his team are working with some of the best photographers and artists from all states, including Clark Little and Kadir Nelson. And frankly, if you are a photographer or a digital artist, you don't need to be local to work with Pixel 2 Editions. Just use a file upload on their website for your heavy images and write down the specs. They can print small proofs for you on any substrate you want and ship them to you for free. And for my listeners, they offer a free 8x10 full image proof on metal. Just tell them that you heard about them on the podcast and they will take care of you. Let me tell you, their metal prints are amazing. Whenever I order mine, they fly off the shelves in no time. So I highly recommend you try it out. And oh, did I mention that they are a full service company? It means that they do everything from color correcting and printing to framing and shipping directly to you or your clients. So don't wait, go to pixel2editions.com, 2 is a number, and editions is plural, or call 858-549-7299. Again, pixel2editions.com, 2 is a number, and editions is plural, or call 858-549-7299. Say hi for me! So I have a question. So you paint in Florida, you paint in uh, DC, you paint in Hawaii. Um, where else in the States or in the world do you paint? And how frequently? Well, it, it's wherever I travel to. Um, if I'm invited to paint for an event, mm-hmm. um, I will, you know, I like to get the lay of the land. I like to travel around a little bit, see what uh, what flavor is there? And that will come up in my work. Um, I've painted in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. That one, that was an interesting trip. Um, got on the subway with, with my boys and I noticed that nobody was looking at each other. This is before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And right immediately, immediately what flashed in my mind was yoga. Yoga. Right? Yoga. Like everybody just needs to chill out. Just <laughs> chill out and relax and do some yoga. And I didn't have my supplies with me. I did have a backpack and I knew I was going to paint and I knew I could find an art store. So when I went to the art store, I bought, uh, if you think of the size of a canvas, uh, of a yoga mat, uh-huh. I think it was like four by seven uh-huh. canvases. Uh-huh. I bought a stack of, I believe 12 of them and put them in a backpack, bought some paints, found a rooftop, uh, just a rooftop of one of the buildings and sat down, set up my canvases six by six. So six at the top, six on the bottom on a table. And I capture it all. That's why I can remember it so well. And I painted the city line there. So the only, the, my own little city line of what I could see, which I think I was in the financial district. 
Uh-huh. So I, I kind of got the, the artwork started. There were people that came in and out because it was part of a building. But then I packed them up. And the next day I went to, do you know Bryant Park? Uh, it rings the bell. I, I've been to Manhattan only once, unfortunately. So yeah, but it does ring the bell. They had a. I have a park there with, you know, park bench and uh-huh. you know, put a couple tables together. Set them out again, and this time, you know, I already had. I was not looking at the same skyline, but what I was seeing was more of the way that the colors in the building change as the sun was moving throughout the day mm-hmm. and pulling in the energy of the vast amount of people that were around me at that time, because that was a more populated place. And I painted the edges of them kind of like uh, metallic gold. And when I stacked them, they looked like gold bar. Uh Um, That was a, that was a fun and interesting trip. Like that was a a fun time to paint in Manhattan. Uh, Okay. I have two questions as you were, as you were talking, first of all, did you just find a random uh, rooftop? Like you were in the Sometimes. financial district. You you just went into the building like, hey, can I paint on your roof? Is that is that how mm-hmm. that works? I mean, uh, are they all public accessible in Manhattan or like that? No, they're not. Uh, I think I we found an Airbnb uh-huh. and the Airbnb had a rooftop. Okay, I see. Well, I that... have been quite ballsy in where I have set up to paint. And I figure... People will just say, can, nobody's asked me to leave before. Now, what was funny was when I was in these festivals and there were millions of artists all around me and we'd be chalking on the sidewalk, the number one question are, was, are you guys allowed to do this? And I just was always like, is that a real question? But, you know, and I found that because I was painting on, you know, sort of property. But when I'm using my own canvases and I'm, I'm a clean painter, I, I can paint in a black ball gown, like, and I won't get paint on me. Usually if I get paint on me, it's somebody else running into uh, me. Or... That's, that's a big advantage because I know for myself, like I, I need to have something that I can ruin because I'm very messy. This is why if, if I'm traveling, I'm trying to find an Airbnb that has uh, an outdoor area where like there's no nice furniture or anything. If I, if I want to paint, because otherwise like I, I cannot, afford doing it inside because i know there will be paint everywhere no i'm very i don't know why probably because i'm a teacher i've also taken nice beautiful airbies and brought my own artwork and set up art shows huh are you allowed to do that i don't know i just do it (laughs) it's not in a bad way i mean even if it's just like propping like i see you have artwork propped on a, a piece of furniture right it's behind you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also I can bring along easels. Um, yeah. I've had a couple shows like that. Huh. That's interesting. That. Uh, okay. So I have a question about this, but I already like almost forgot the other question that I had. So, but I, but I have to ask you about this. Um, so when you do things like that, when you travel and you get an Airbnb and you have your easels, you have your art with you, well, first of all, uh, that's a lot to pack. Uh, and there's probably a lot of marketing involved in this. Like, how are you getting people in this kind of a random pop-up show? Right. Um, typically, if I am traveling with art and I'm a vehicle is involved, 
I geographically is I'm not going above North Carolina. Okay. Okay. So that's when I can bring my art with me. Now, the beauty of having, you know, this DC studio is I have 20 pieces of art here and I can create more. So if it, it, and I have access to a vehicle. So then that makes my geographic, I can go North, I can go to Annapolis, I can go through Maryland. uh, I can, I can go into Virginia, Um, Hawaii. What's, what gets made in Hawaii typically stays in Hawaii unless they're small, Mm -hmm. you know, unless they're my, I call them Kauai petite, right? Like they're usually 12 by 12 or smaller. Mm -hmm. Those can travel back and forth with me if I need them to. Um, Now, if people want to make a purchase from Kauai, then, you know, there's shipping involved or there's people on the island that want it and then they stay on the island. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest collector base is actually this DC area, yeah. which is interesting because they can go both sailboats and iconic buildings. And so I'd say Rockville, Maryland, um, Annapolis, this right in this DC area. Um, my, the most art is in Florida. Like mm-hmm. that's where my, that's where the hub of all my collections are. Uh, and I can ship anywhere. So the marketing involved, yeah, there could be a lot of marketing involved. It just depends on how much how much I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a commitment. You're traveling somewhere. You're bringing all your art with you and equipment. You're paying for Air- Airbnb. So, yeah, if right. you want to do an art show, you better make sure that there are some people and you're selling something because that's right. that's a lot to do. I mean, that's a work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is is play for me. I have to look at it as play that I'm traveling, I'm doing what I love, and the people who are meant to show up are going to show up, right? Because if I attach myself too much to, I don't know, marketing, marketing is, I think I'm always marketing, but it's just become a part of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I uh, want to get back to the question uh, that I had earlier and I didn't uh, ask. So you mentioned, and I, and I want to do it as kind of like a, a little PSA. Um, so you mentioned that you are being invited to paint at the events. I think that a lot of our listeners would appreciate to hear about this experience because it might be you know a good idea for someone to do locally uh, because it's not... It's not always the case. I, I have heard that, you know, artists are being invited to weddings or, um, you know, I, I have never heard if there is some kind of a corporate event that might involve this kind of a performance or something. So how how do you go about this? How do you, uh, um, well, I don't want to say market yourself, but how do you find the opportunities? Um, and how, right. yeah, what 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 uh, what goes into it? Um. Part of it is making sure there's a part on your website that talks about it. And mm-hmm. and right now I do have that, but I think I have it silenced a little bit because I'm actually um, getting somebody to help me uh, craft the copy to, to really touch my ideal client. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit quiet until maybe March, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, well, it's, it I, will be way like it's by the by the time this episode is on air, it will be on your website. I, I think oh, good. Yeah. we're yeah we're going out on air with this episode at the end of May. So oh, a then. lot of 
yeah, a lot of what we're okay. talking about will be way well in development or already done. So. Perfect. Awesome. So when when you go there, you know, uh-huh. in the future, um, you'll see that I can show up at your corporate event. Mm-hmm. And so people find out, first of all, they find out about me through word of mouth uh-huh. and my social media. They'll see that I am able to show up anywhere wearing a ball gown or blue jeans or whatnot. And pretty much uh, you can also choose what kind of art you want. It can be a painting of your building. It can be totally intuitive to where you're just watching me create something that before your eyes, you're going to see it turn into something. And so my website is going to reflect that. And uh, basically you'll click what kind of package that you want. And uh, it'll be either, um, you know, I show up at your event. So you said you mentioned corporate events. People have their like galas at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, Um, or a fundraiser to where they're watching the artwork being created. And then and then maybe auction it. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a a big idea. Yeah. Where people want to watch it actually happen. Another fun one that I'm really interested in launching is a dinner party. A dinner party. A dinner party. So people can hire me to show up at their home and paint whatever scene they're thinking about. Obviously, the people at the dinner party become part of the energy of the scene and the artwork you know, gets hung in their house. So that's a package that people can purchase. Hmm. The dinner party. Um, am I answering your question? Yeah, I guess so. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think I, there's a, you know, there's a good information there for someone who is interested maybe um, in doing this. I mean, as an idea, I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah, you have, after, you have, yeah, you're so I, I like that you're so open, you're you're ballsy, you're like, hack it, I'm gonna do whatever whatever I want, wherever I want. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it, and it works for you. It's awesome. And part of the website also is going to be offering um people to work with me. So I also do uh, I'll explain one of them to you. Um there was a little boy in my class, his name's Grant. This is years ago. And his family had just been to Costa Rica uh-huh. and they wanted me to come to their home, which I did and work with Grant to make a painting, probably like that size, a little bit bigger of their experience. And they wanted it through his five-year-old eyes. Mm-hmm. And so we worked together, Grant and I, to, um, you know, he wanted certain animals in it. And I had him, I would give him a piece of paper and have him show me what your interpretation of the whatever animal it was, you know, tell, and we talked and his hands and my hands worked on the canvas. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was the first stage of it. And then of course I take it back to my studio and make it. So you want to hang it on your wall, mm-hmm. but it's still got the story with it along with videotape and narrative. That's kind of attached to the back of the art mm-hmm. of the experience. So that's a way that I can work with people. I can also work with people um, where I'm teaching them how to be expressive. So it's like, it's called the art of expressive, the art of expressive living and art together. Like how can we do art together? So that's another 
way of me dropping into people's worlds and showing them how can you be spontaneous and show up? How can you get rid of that fear and just do? And it's so second nature to me because I work with early childhood. Yeah. That's how they live their life. Yeah. They just, they don't care. They just show up and create as long yeah. as you give them the right supplies. You know yeah. what I mean? After the certain age, we forget how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, that's that's actually very fascinating. And then I, uh, the last thing I totally see being some really cool team building event. I mean, when people get together yeah. and learn how to, uh, you know, work together, but at the same time, uh, you know, create some individual expression of themselves, and, and it's all in the, you know, positive, inspiring environment. It's it's awesome. I think that you know, I, I personally think that should be you know a standard team building for everybody, <laughs> for every company. So um, I also wanted to ask you about your sunflowers. I have seen that you are doing a lot of sunflowers, especially in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are individual sunflowers. I mean, I have seen sunflowers in your collection, you know, before that, but it's, it seems like you doubled down on them lately. So is that is that right? What's, yes. what's, what's with yeah. the sunflowers? So starting in 2021, I believe, I decided to do like a tour, mm-hmm. right? And this is this is connected with the live painting. So I was marrying the love of sunflowers, the situation that is happening in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and um, live painting just all together with the performance art and fundraising. So uh, I think my... F- the first stop on my tour was here in Georgetown, um, where I set up um, six six sunflower canvases, like six by six on a wall, invited the ambassador to Ukraine. Um, Katja came. Katja is her uh, diplomat. Mm-hmm. And painted live the six sunflowers. And then... Uh, with the sales of sunflowers, donating a percentage of that to World Central Kitchen mm-hmm. to raise money. Yeah. Or actually, it's not only people in Ukraine, but people everywhere. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, and, you know, I traveled to, I even did the same thing in Hawaii on a smaller scale so that I could travel with them. Um, and it, it just, it was interesting, the people that reached out, the people that were touched by that. Uh, and I, I didn't even know that I had Ukrainian heritage, but I do. And so then I, I started, yeah. So then I started exploring that a little bit more as uh-huh. well. Uh, I just, I guess I had never thought about it. Um, and, and I always wondered, and I don't know if this is tied or not, but you know, we're artists and we think creatively, but I've always painted the, uh, you don't see it here unless you look up high, there is blue, but it's usually a, a lone sunflower with a blue, ba- the same blue background. Mm-hmm. Like that is my signature sunflower style. Um, that was quite a night. That was a lot of fun. It, I did it in front of the Fountain Inn um, with thousands of people walking around, uh, interacting with me uh, while I was painting those. You know that the um, blue and yellow flag of Ukraine actually represents sky and the field of sunflowers. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I figured yeah. that out too. And this so is, it's interesting. It is interesting. And and uh, another interesting thing is that we're recording. It's February twenty second, twenty twenty three. It's practically a one year anniversary since the beginning of war in Ukraine. And gosh, I hope that by the time this episode is on air, this this madness is going to be over because it it really gives me a lot of grief. And like even today, it's it's horrendous. It's just horrendous. And I I love how many artists in the past year just, you know, jumped in, uh, rose to the occasion and did their versions of sunflowers or whatever they were doing. I mean, the the world of art became rich by like, I don't know, millions of sunflower paintings. And uh most of them were um donated uh or used for the fundraising for to help people of Ukraine. It's and the next day, the next day after the day I painted those, I was invited to the Ukrainian house uh-huh. and uh, painted there. I actually painted a painting of the embassy. It's a it's a pink colored building in Georgetown. And that was that was such an interesting experience. The ambassador was there. And um, if you walked through the Ukrainian house itself, it was a festival. And if you it happened to be embassy day. So all the embassies were open, but I was invited there. Um, if you walked through, they had scenes of the war. So each room represented something different. And the people, there were people there who had fled. So their families had sent them here, you know, to be safe. Um, children. Mm-hmm. They were just there um, being hosted by a family here. It was quite touching. Like it just was really, it was a, it was a, a, it was interesting to be here at that time doing what I was doing. That's live event painting. That's, you know, being in the world and just interacting with whatever. Like I didn't know I, when I traveled here, I didn't know I was going to be doing that. Uh, I think you can just write a book about those experiences. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Why not? You, you just okay. Uh, one day I decided to travel, and boom, I, I ended up in the in the Ukrainian embassy, paying life, painting life, and uh, uh, fundraising. So I mean, those are those are cool stories. Absolutely, yeah. It can be a really cool book one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have a few minutes before um, I have to cap it up. Um, and I still I have a question about uh, the international online art collective, yes. and uh, so there is there is uh, an episode in the works, and I have no idea in which season is going to show up. Probably in the next season, but we'll see. Where we will be talking with a few members of the collective specifically about the project that you guys have been doing for at least a couple years now, or through the, throughout the pandemic, I believe, right? Yes. And it's it's about to get to its logical conclusion, uh, and you are looking for the opportunities to finally show in public what you have been doing all these uh, pandemic years. Uh, can you talk a little bit, or is it a big secret? Part of it, parts of it are a big secret. I would say that... Uh, it's coming to its logical cl- conclusion and it's only just begun <laughs> because I think once it's out and, and we've shown it, 
people's just like this, it, what we're doing is a chain reaction. And then now we're looking for reaction from people outside of what we're doing. Um, the parts that I can share is that we're 14 artists from around the globe and uh, we're, it's a chain. So um, actually it, I can actually read this to you because I'm doing podcasts about it. Okay. <laughs> Um, it's, it's a collaboration, right? And it's, it's beginning with one single piece and each piece of art informs the next provoking chain reaction of other artworks until we have created a total of 100 artworks assembled into one big multimedia installation. Mm -hmm. There's going to be 100 pieces of art that are a pro this is not part of that project. I just happen to have, this is actually a sketch from one of my fairies, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm doing it on the same board because it's easy to travel with, but mm -hmm. we're all painting on, you know, this size. It's 10 by 10 ish or 12 by 12, 10 by 10, 10 by 10. Okay. 10 by so 10. Arteza. And so uh -huh. each artist we're multimedia, like there's photographers, there's digital artists, there's, you know, mixed media were it, it goes through a chain so the first artist starts it writes a narrative sends it to the next artist we have a week to create it mm -hmm. and the chain keeps going we just finished i was the last artist of round six passed it on to the artist to be the first one in round seven so what changes is the artists and they're uh, placed in the chain, but what is consistent is the, the chain of artwork. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing this now about two years each week. Wow. So I'll end with seven paintings. Okay. So uh, the chain is like, when you say the round, it's not like seven different rounds for seven different chains. The chain is one. Right. Chain is one. Okay. There's so 14 artists. Uh-huh. And so round one, um, artists one through 14 will have their turn. I see. Then round two, the same artists, but in a different order. I see. So that we're not the same time reacting to the same artists. I see. I see. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. This is this really sounds like a, a major global project i would really love to see this installation um but i guess we are going to talk more about this in details when when it's time and when we have a few other members of the collective on this podcast i'm working on this it's it's right now as we speak it's in works um yeah and uh looking forward to seeing the exhibition that's that sounds really awesome. So maybe by the time this episode and that other episode with uh, other members of the collective is going to be out, you guys are showing uh, somewhere already, but yes. we will see. Yes. Um, and I hope, I hope that we can start along the eastern seaboard of the United States, mm -hmm. go through the states, up through California, Oregon, and then jump into Europe and nice. south africa and even australia like we are everywhere we are artists from everywhere born out of uh the pandemic yeah yeah that that was a really uh yeah i i, I have spoken so i i know a few of the members um 
a couple of them I had on the podcast. Um, one of them is a dear friend of mine, Ina. Uh, well, we ended up uh, meeting after our first conversation. Yes. So, yeah, we we met after the first episode that we recorded, the collab one. Uh, mm -hmm. So we started following each other on Instagram and then we started communicating. And, um, yeah, we were we were even painting online together a few times. Nice. So, yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah. So and then we actually were doing online yoga together. <laughs> I just met with Ina yesterday. So in the background, uh, mm -hmm. as I'm here in my DC studio, I'm interviewing all of those artists for my own podcast, which is Behind the Art Inspiration podcast, right? Yes. And That's I, I will make sure everything is going to be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so since I am not posting the video, uh, all the paintings that we were talking about, I hope that you will share images with me. Uh, information about your social media, your website, uh, yes. and, and the um, International Online Art Collective. Uh, yeah. All the links will be in the show notes. So you guys go to uh, intheartscene.com. Mm -hmm. uh, go to the... Um, blog post that is dedicated to this uh episode and you will find all the information sounds good awesome it's always a pleasure yes wow we're at the top of the hour that was that's nice good. i i feel like last time we were talking and talking and and i felt like we could just talk for another couple hours the same same today i mean we haven't spoken for at least a year uh mm -hmm. lots lots has happened in your life and my life uh and yeah it's just like it's a constant non-stop art movement that is always feeding and feeding and feeding I, I i feel like we could have been talking for much much longer but i have a baby who's about to wake up so i have to, <laughs> I have to stop this podcast and frankly probably no one is going to listen to the episode more than one hour long uh anyway i'm so glad that we reconnected i'm really uh, happy to have you back on the show Hopefully not the last time. Yeah. And we'll see you again in the art scene. Sounds good. Thank you so much. It has been another episode of In the Art Scene podcast. If you liked today's conversation, please give us a good review on Apple. And go listen to other great stories. Check out our website intheartscene.com or follow us on Instagram at intheartscene for more content. If you are a creative and you want to share your story, shoot us a message from the website or DM us on Instagram. Look forward to seeing you next time in the art scene.